Hope you stayed warm this weekend. We've got highlights of a, well, kind of a cold first half, but more from the third quarter of the women's basketball game in Houston on Sunday afternoon. It was nice and toasty in Houston. We were in the mid-60s, 70 degrees, and then came home and was like, whoa, this is how it's been. And we'll be home for a while as men's basketball is in Orlando for its only game this week. And the women's team is off until Sunday, at least for now, because this is the bye week. And you'll hear a little bit more details about the strangeness of their schedule, but they continue to prevail through it at 6-1 and one in the conference. Tennis got going on the men's side. Mixed results this weekend. Two losses for the women's team. Two very good opponents. We'll highlight what happened there. We'll also tell you about another good weekend for track and field. It's second event of the indoor season. A lot of other things happening this week. It's the second, the traditional signing day coming up, so we'll have some news there. Remember a month or so back when we had the Bull Speed Ahead podcast with Michael Kelly, and we hinted at another new sport along with women's lacrosse, and I said be tuned in around early February. Well, Tomorrow is the beginning of February, and I would anticipate some news. Also, we can tell you that we are planning the Bull Speed Ahead podcast with Michael Kelly later on this week. I wonder what might be discussed there. And the return of Kelly's conversations is this week. It's something that began during the pandemic. Michael wanted to stay engaged, along with other things that were going on, obviously, but he wanted to bring back some former outstanding USF student athletes. We're not going to tell you who the guest is this week, but basically catch up to them on the phone, sometimes via video in this case. We've got it all lined up. So we're going to tape a couple of new shows with Mr. Kelly later on in the week. So we've got, even though just one live sporting event this week, certainly a lot of programming. I'm going to make sure I get out to the school and interview several coaches. I know I want to stop by tennis practice and grab some chats as well as that season is underway track and field also. And of course, next week, there'll be plenty of play-by-play. I was mapping out the schedule on the flight home from Houston last night, and it's going to be busy. In fact, we're going to Probably have some weekends where I'll be on the road with women's basketball, and we might have to do the uh, simulcast thing for a couple of baseball games and softball just because we are going to be a little shorthanded. But believe me, whenever I am home, whenever Jay Retcher, which is Saturdays and Sundays, is available, we're going to have a lot of live sporting events, so many you can't even count, coming up shortly with that baseball and softball season starting. We still have some more of those baseball interviews I did with the photo shoot day. Haven't aired the interviews with Drew Brutcher and Carmine Lane. Those are coming your way for sure. Remember, we post all of them onto the Unlimited Unloaded page. That's the fancy name, really, for our SoundCloud page. Go to soundcloud.com, type USF, and you'll see that and all of the interviews that we do and most of the shows that we do. So we were in Houston over the weekend. Of course, the men played on Saturday night. Really rough one. We won't have nearly as many highlights from that. That's coming up in our second segment. But in this game, the Houston Cougars, the main thing I wanted to find out when we got to the building, basically, the Tina Center, beautiful renovated building there on the campus of the University of Houston, which I guess is really feeling this Big 12 thing because they already have a big-time logo outside of one of their buildings. I put it out on Twitter that says UH and Big 12. But they're in the American now, and, well, they were struggling. We told you on Friday's show that, The Cougars had lost five in a row, and really, I did some more research. Uncanny that this team, seven and five non conference, and you look at some of the records of the teams they played, they're 16 and three, they're 15 and five. Every single team Houston played pre conference has a winning record right now, and some are power conference teams that they beat, like Arizona State and Florida State. But once they got into conference after a 2 0 start, losing five in a row, however, 
extenuating circumstances. Their third leading scorer and one of the team's leaders overall, Bria Patterson, along with their top backup, Diamond Gladney, had missed each of the last four games. And in their last game, Brittany Onyanjay, their outstanding defender and three-point shooter, missed that one as well. They went with Erica Sidney for 34 minutes. She hadn't played more than 11 minutes all year. Well, just to show you how unusual that was, yesterday Erica Sidney was available and didn't play. So with Patterson back, with Gladney back, with Onyanjay back, you were concerned that this Houston team was going to be out for gusto. And remember last year at the Fertitta Center, Houston won its seventh game in a row at the time by destroying then 14-1 USF, and they did it with some pressure defense. But they also could score the ball. They had the pressure defense going early, but no one could score in the beginning of this game. No first quarter highlights for you. We'll just tell you it was a 9-7 affair. It was 2-2 at the first media timeout. Now, of big note, Maria Alvarez, who celebrated her 21st birthday with the team on Saturday, had a nice little uh, set of balloons and gifts that caught her a little off by surprise. It was nice to see there during our team lunch. And then she comes into the game for the first time in nearly three games, having missed with concussion symptoms, and makes a three. And in this game, any three-point shot seemed like it was going to be a big deal. If you would have told me, that the Bulls were going to turn it over 20 times, especially considering last year in that loss, the Bulls gave up 26 points off of 24 turnovers, that the Bulls were going to only make three three-pointers, none in the second half. That's been the struggle for the Bulls. They just have not gotten it going from three in conference play. Their three-point shooting is well below 25%. If you'd have told me that Dulce Fankamengiadu and Betty Menunga would combine go nine for 26... I would have said the Bulls would have lost by 15 points, but they won by 20 because the other team was 2 of 15 on threes, 14 for 59 overall. Mentioned Brittany Onion Jay being an outstanding three-point shooter. She was 0 for 5 from distance, and the Bulls just ran into a team that can't hit shots right now. Still, the Cougars were doing what they could to try and make it difficult on the Bulls, forcing 10 turnovers in the first half. Actually, it ended up being a 21-point total. The Bulls were getting a lot of 30-second shot clock violations, which does count as a turnover. It only took a little offense, though, in this situation. Bulls are playing good defense themselves. And then, like I said, just a little offense, really from one individual in the first half was enough. Here are some second-quarter highlights. Maria Alvarez again handling the point right now for Elisa Pinzon. Wants to try and take Julia Blackshell fair. A couple of spin moves. Hands it over to Betty Menunga. Baseline jumper looks good. Long, but Dulcie uncontested for the rebound and has her shot rejected. And it's Bulls ball. That's a break. As Houston couldn't quite handle the ball. Dulcie Fankamengiadu has had her shot blocked a couple of times tonight. That is block number six for the Houston Cougars. That is a astonishing number. Hill has three herself. Two and a half minutes to go. Underneath is Menunga, and her shot was affected. Boy, you could see it. Great pass by Alvarez, and Menunga hesitated, whereas normally she would just go up. So those blocks affecting the Bulls. Overall, this is just, well, it's, it's a good defensive performance by Houston, not going to lie. Gladney open for three rims out. Mihaila Lozic and Bermejo battle for the rebound as Bulls bringing in whoever might work. We haven't seen Sara Guerrero yet. Alvarez lines up a three, and that's good. She has been the... Shining light for the Bulls. Whenever she's gotten open, she's drained a three. That's happened twice. And in a game where 
threes are so scarce, she's made them both, and it creates this huge-looking lead of 18 to 11. Less than two minutes to go now in the first half. Boy, what a great return for Maria. So Sauda Guerrero will go in, basically making Bermejo the power forward and Shea Leverett the center. Maria off the handoff. What a shot by Maria. Drains the three, gives it to Shea, gives it right back to her. Maria Alvarez, three for three from distance. The birthday girl coming through big time, 23 to 14. Was not a pretty first half of basketball, but 23 to 16 felt just fine. Third quarter, and the offense would start to change a little bit instead of just trying to dump it down inside. Again, the Houston Post, Tatiana Hill, along with Tamara Nard, a six foot two transfer from a junior college who was a double double machine in junior college, yet to get it going offensively for them. But boy, wingspan and yeah, the Bulls were struggling to score inside like they have been. They would keep pounding it inside, but Elena Chinecki started coming to the party. And even though the Bulls were having their down moments, they were certainly getting more buckets than the opponent. We're going to take the third quarter up to a very key moment here. You'll hear that Houston is hanging around, and then, well, we'll get right up to that with the setup here. Swings it over to Chinecki. Onion Jay, great defender on her. Pass into Mononga. Tough to handle, but she gets there. Now, oh, what a spin move there on Hill. Betty Mononga flashes to the basket, and the Bulls have their lead back up to 25-16. to 16. And Harvey gets knocked from behind. That is a break. She was out of control. Ronald Huey is making his point nicely, though. Basically saying they're not calling any of the pushing from the Bulls, and they just called a trip, which I agree with him on, by the way. He's absolutely correct. 8.09 to go in the third. Mononga inbounds it right in front of me to Chinecki. Whatever you do, Elena, don't push off there because they're looking for that. Oh, Harvey into Mononga again, a rejection. This time, Nard, another block. Now, thank you, Mangiato, and they're going to call that flop all day long. Might have been a little contact there, but after that speech, all Tatiana Hill had to do was fall down, and they were going to get that call. Blair pulls up, misses. Boy, that looked like a comfortable shot, but she just can't get it going, obviously. Chinecki, one on four, still wants to take it to the rack, and she scores! Houston just assumed that she wasn't going to try it. She did. She gets her first basket of the day, and this is the largest lead, 27 to 16. Chinecki, she fakes the shot, drives in again, pins on wide open for three, short. But Benunga sees it, gets the ball, and has her shot blocked. And it should be Bulls basketball. No, it's Houston ball. There's a better looking shot from Blair, and she knocks it down. Layla Blair, she was going to make a basket at some point. Again, she is their leading scorer as a sophomore, and has just got a really smooth look to her. She averages 12 a game, and she makes it 27-18. Bulls get about an extra 10 seconds off the clock as the ball got knocked out. Can they get it in? Mononga finally gets it in, pins on. Cuts across midcourt. Now she picks up her dribble to Mononga. Lane opens up right around with a wild shot. Misses, but Chinecki gets the rebound and resets. But she went right around Hill, but had too much of a head of steam there. Now Harvey gets a trip to the free throw line, and she has been on the deck offensively and defensively. She hit the turf tough there. So Harvey makes both free throws on the second free throw, and I didn't see it in live action. It was real quick, but Betty Menunga certainly felt it. Tatiana Hill of Houston got an elbow into Menunga's face. They looked at it. It turned out to be a technical foul, and that was the fourth foul on Hill who would quickly foul out. So she's someone that averages basically eight points and eight rebounds a game in this game. 
no points and two rebounds. The Bulls destroy them in the rebounding category. So what happened? The Bulls got to extend the possession, and even though Elena Chinecki was just one of two at the free throw line, it turned into a five-point possession. So look at it from the other angle. They get the shot on the other end, get it back down to single digits, and by the next time they see the ball, it's 32-18. to 18. So any momentum that they might have had was gone. Here's how that and the rest of the third quarter went. So Chinecki... Give her three points. And the Bulls have their biggest lead. It's 30 to 18. So it's Pinzon, Chinecki, Maria Alvarez, Betty Menunga, and Dulce. Oh, what a move by Betty. She's saying in your face on that one. And it's 32 to 18. Menunga coming to play here with eight points. Out to Pinzon. Open three. Looks ooh, long, and it is. Two air balls for Pinzon. It will be Bulls ball with seven seconds on the shot clock. So Elisa Pinzon, I'm gonna guess, doesn't try another three. She is 0 for three. They're probably gonna look for Maria here. Pinzon, Mananga flashes, gets it over to Dulce. Good catch by Dulce, good move, and rims in. That looked like it was gonna bounce out, but took a friendly roll. She oh, Chinecki with the fake, drives to the basket, puts it up and over, Jasmine Lewis. Bulls have their largest lead at 36 to 20. Houston has yet to crack double digits in a quarter out of the timeout. Houston with the ball. Bria Patterson, we told you how much they missed her. Well, she just made a great drive in addition. Jasmine Lewis, a wide open shot, goes nowhere, and Betty Menunga goes in, misses the shot, but Dulce keeps the rebound alive. Chinecki flies in for it, out to Maria. She's three for three. Oh, misses that one. But Betty gets fouled on the board, so Maria Alvarez a little bit long. Another offensive rebound. I'm just double checking. The rebound category is the same as the score right now, 36 to 20. That's an extraordinary rare feat. Let's hope it changes here in the point category on this possession. Pinzon gets it to Dulce. With three and a half minutes to go in the third quarter, it's 36, 20 points and rebounds and make it 38, 20 in points as Elisa Pinzon doesn't want to shoot any more threes. Apparently she drives the lane and lays it in with her left hand. Now Pinzon on Blackshell Fair. Mononga gets in her way, down to the deck. It's going to be a hell ball. It's going to be Bulls ball. A shooting spree for the Bulls here in the third quarter, six for 12. After a stretch where they missed seven shots in a row, had them at seven for 25 at one point in this game. Chinecki, another fake. That time they cut her off with Young, good defender. 10 seconds to go, but Chinecki wants to take, give it another shot. Euro step up and off the glass. 40 to 20, Elena Chinecki must have felt. And then Young gave her a little smirk like I got you, and then Chinecki got her, give her seven points. Also have four players all between seven and nine. Now, nice little dump off pass there, and another missed layup by Jasmine Lewis, and Mananga off to Chinecki on the other end. High off the glass and in, fast break. Extraordinary, but goodness gracious, we're talking about Wide open layups. Houston needs another timeout. 42 to 20. And the lead would keep on growing. The Bulls had it up to as many as 26 points, 50 to 24. They put up 23 in the third quarter, which equaled their first half. Bulls actually limited to nine points, but essentially Jose Fernandez was going to his bench early in this one because it was in hand. The Bulls win at 55-35 only because they made some shots in the late going. Did Houston see its final numbers? 
finish above 20%. They were at 9 for 50 midway through the fourth quarter. That's 18%, but they actually made a stretch of 5 for 7 shots. But in and around that, they had a 1 for 15 stretch. They had another 0 for 6, another 0 for 7, and followed it up with another 0 for 6. So, yeah, the Bulls. We're going to win this game, no doubt about it. They are 6-1 and one in conference, and as Jose Fernandez pointed out on the pregame show, they've had to play five of their seven on the road. Remember, two home games had to be postponed. And five times out of the seven games overall, whether it be home or away, their opponent has had a bye week, so he was fine with the W. Well, in a game like that, you knew the defense was going to have to come through. Coach, they were 14 for 59, Houston. Again, that side of the ball can win some games, right? Yeah, we defended. We kept the ball in front of us. We did a really, really good job. You know, I couldn't uh, couldn't be prouder of the group with everything we've got going on. Like I said, you know what, we've, we played seven conference games, and five of them have been on the road, and five teams have had a bye week to prepare for. So we're looking forward to uh, we're looking forward to get him back, that's for sure. Manunga with 18 boards. It was great to see Maria Alvarez. Looks like she never left. I mean, that was key in the first half, right? You know, when she had those uh, three big threes that were that were big, you know what I mean? So, you know, when you make those, she was ready to shoot. But I thought Manunga, Manunga set the tone, too, with the half that she played. Good win, you know, like, like we said, five road wins up to now, right? Indeed right. And now the Bulls can be that team because they will have a week before the next game. I speculated that there's a possibility if they're going to make up that Memphis game, it could be, well, this weekend, maybe move the Tulane game to Saturday as Tulane has its own gap in the schedule. And then Memphis, this is the real point, is at UCF on Saturday and maybe schedule the game on Monday. But if you're listening to the men's basketball game at halftime, and if you were well done, if not, I was listening. Michael Kelly said that that's the only game, and right now it's looking like, well, here's in brief what he had to say. Nice little hint dropped here. Yeah, the only game we don't have rescheduled yet that we had lost is a women's game that we were hosting against Memphis. Um, so we've got an opportunity potentially to play that at the end of the year if, if necessary. So we're just going to kind of look and see what, what happens there. That means it'll come down to if the game would impact the standings. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets made up, but that's for down the road. Bulls are again back at home on the schedule anyway Sunday. Not a crazy offensive showing, of course, with just a 55-point total, but three players with 11 points. And Betty Menunga, almost stealth-like, racked up 18 rebounds. I was so enthralled with the actual scoring in the third quarter that I missed that she was grabbing nine boards to get it up to 15. She just missed the double-double, eight points. Dulce Fanka-Mangiadu just missed a double-double, 11 points and nine rebounds. Elena Chinecki, 11 points all in the second half. She took over, also added six boards, and Maria Alvarez with... Her threes in the first half ended up with two free throws in the second for 11 points. And Elisa Pinzon, six points, six assists, but the key there, only two turnovers. The Bulls turned it over 21 times, but their point guard was handling things pretty well. And the Bulls win the rebounding category 46-30. to 30. Oh, man, it was rough in Tulsa for the men. We won't give you highlights per se, just a little clip that'll give you the vibe. We'll also tell you what went down with tennis and track this weekend when we return to Bulls Beat.